Welcome to Return to Oswald. I'm Derek. As always, I'm joined by Scar and Brandon. Scar, how are you doing today? Man, I'm good, bro. I actually got some sleep. Um, and you know, um, we you know, I'm um it's summertime, so I'm back to being full-time dad. I've been full-time dad for a couple of days now, and I'm already sick of this shit. So yeah, it's good times for your boy. Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I enjoyed this episode a little bit. Um, my man McManus keeps getting better in my eyes. The only person in eyes that realizes that on his own that he needs to go see some get some help. Yeah, that was very forward thinking of him for the 2000s, in my opinion. And then came back and tried to make amends for the people he at least one of the people that he fucked over. Well, After you know, he tried to, to make him. He tried to make amends to, which is fine. He tried to make amends to somebody he loved like a brother. You know? Yeah, so he knew he had fucked that off. He made amends. He took strides. That was dope. I really did appreciate that, and that was big of McManus, and it was big of Murphy to forgive him so easily, because I know people who, in that situation, would have lorded it over him for a second, like. I'm, just because you apologize doesn't mean I have to forgive you, which is completely logical. And it's completely like, it depends on what you do. I'm not but, even going to front. It depends on what you do. I'm not always obligated to forgive you just because you say, I'm sorry. But just be, but I think it's part, I think part of it is just, you know, them, them being good dudes and realize that realizing that they were, they were cool before all of this and they should be cool now because nothing truly really happened between the two of them. But also like with, um, um, what's his name? The, the cop. Murphy. Murphy. Yeah. With Murphy realizing that the shit in M city is real fucked up right now compared to what he thinks it should be and be you know with the 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 things that McManus has instilled in him of what M City should be and realizing that shit's fucked up I think it 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 kind of opened a door to say like okay maybe I maybe I should have backed McManus on this because what's happening right now is just really fucked up how the fuck he shouldn't have? I don't care how bad it is. I still ain't I mean, quitting. He maybe feels. He, I mean, I think he feels like. I think he feels like he should have. He maybe should have done more for his homie. Um, because I of what's because of what's leaving. happening. I didn't. I didn't say he should leave, but I think he feels like maybe he should have. He should have did something, anything to kind of help. To if if anything there there was to do, he should have done more because and, of what's happening right now uh, is a is a bastardization of his friend's idea. And I'm telling you, I'm not going. And you, and you, and you. You're right. More white inmates are leaving Emerald City than ever before. But since, you know, they're all white people we literally have never seen before, we're, we're good. I just want to know... Where the, the fuck warden, all the white people come from? I just no. want to know how the warden doesn't think he's going to get a lawsuit out of this. No, my thing is, yo, you can tell, you can tell how lazy they got on writing this part because all of the people who got kicked out of M City at that one part were all sitting at the same fucking table together. Yes, like, we've never seen them before. 
<laughs> we never seen none of these motherfuckers before. They all just happen to be sitting at a table, uh, at the same table, and they all look around at each other like me. So the only white people left are the Pagano's people, Beecher, Keller, and O'Reilly and his brother. And the old folks. In the old folks, yeah. And and here's the thing: what what would be funny, and it would never happen, but it would be funny. Is if all of those random ass people that they just drove out of M City <laughs> sit together in a cell in Pod B and have a flashback episode, and we see like when the guy shot Bodie, they were all sitting at a table together looking shocked, <laughs> and when um, Adabisi was staring across at Peter while he was dancing with the uh, CD player in his drawers. We see all those guys standing next to Adabisi's pod all he dancing was, too. He was doing the dance when they were calling those people out. Did you notice that? Yeah, that's he was, a happy dance. He was just kind of like swaying back and forth. And like he's, it's like something is really off about all of this. I mean, something has been off about Adabisi this whole time, except for when he was pretending to be sane. Um, it's just, it was just weird that like he is you know like the people are being taken out of m city and he's just in the back just dancing and you know what's really weird about it um is the fact that even though when we talked about this before even though he literally has nothing to do with what's happening like from an administrative standpoint in oz Adabisi still came up aces like the black guy that Leo hired just happened to have this radical ass, horrible ass idea that benefits Adabisi. Like, how the fuck does that happen? I mean, it's the, the are we I, not doing background checks? How the, the fuck did a nigga who grew up in the streets who who literally used to work for a drug dealer and then the drug dealer got shot in front of him? How in the fuck did he become the, the director of this place? Well, he did say that, you know, I never got caught. And when shit started going down, I got the fuck out. Well, um, this motherfucker is more than willing to snitch to anybody about how he used to be a criminal. So I'm sure he told somebody in his life. Yeah, but but I think his his reasoning is almost sound. Like, it's like... <sighs> It kind of makes sense from the perspective of like you want to get rid of the racial tension, get rid of the races. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. Everyone there is racist, though. No, what you're saying, yeah, and what you're saying was almost there. You said that's what, get, that's what I'm saying. That's his. No, no, you're close. You said get rid of the racists. What he's saying is get rid of the races. That's what I said. I said races. Oh, I thought you said racists. Because, no, get yeah, rid of the no. races. If there if there is no separation, if there's if there's no separation in M City, then there can't be that conflict there. If you, we're all special, you, then nobody is, sort of thing. Yeah. If 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 every day is a rainy day, then what the fuck is a rainy day? Mm -hmm. Um oh, that, that was supposed to be sunny day. No, I like it better as a rainy day. Yeah. I'll take that. It's hot out here. Oh, man, it was 95 degrees yesterday. Nigga, uh, shut the fuck up with 95 degrees. Get the fuck out of my face. Do you know where with, I live? I And I live on the opposite coast with the humidity that goes along with it. That's uh, a different kind of heat. It is. I'll give you that. Okay. It was like 114 here yesterday. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> the day that, the day that uh, Kid Awesome had his tournament, 
it was like 116 and there was only one fan in that fucking gym and it was pointed at the kids which i can understand but still yeah. sorry um so yeah it, it's he's querns has no qualms with burning bridges he has no qualms with making things the way he wants to be which is fine but i just i honestly don't understand as conservative as Leo is, A, how the fuck he knows Quarns, B, how Quarns got to this point where he's like, Leo, let me do whatever the fuck I want in the middle of an election year. That's what I don't understand. Well, I think it was, I think it's a, the the whole thing about the election year is the mandate of like, you can do whatever the fuck you want to, just no violence. Because the violence is what's going to make the news. That's what draws attention, true. That's what's going to draw the attention. So, like, do whatever you got to do. Just no violence, please. This like, shit feels so much like fucking Hamsterdam from the, from the wire. Like, you could just see it imploding soon. And the reason why you can see it imploding is because all of the white COs are fed up. Yep. And they're already talking about going to the union about the shit. How have they not gone to the union? This is clearly racist. <laughs> where, where, where the fuck is the union guy? Like seriously, seriously, what happened to the uh, CEO who was fucking with the mafia? Yeah, once he where did he go? Once that mafia shit ended, he was out. Where did he go? Like I know the- we're not supposed to care about the white people, but hey, man, I care about the white you people. You can't come out here and just kick all the white people out. <laughs> For no other reason than being white, but they keep the one white woman. I guess they could say we we know we didn't. We kept her, and that's exactly what happened because uh, McManus wasn't told about it. They put uh, Claire in there. That's, yeah, that's, that's McManus ain't work. <laughs> he ain't want Claire. He, he didn't want Claire. And at I don't all. blame him. <laughs> and, and Claire and Claire is Claire seems to be like down for whatever. As long as she can whoop some ass periodically, she seems to be down for whatever. Mm-hmm. So like, she coming in immediately. Why are you smoking? <laughs> yeah. Chucky was like, yeah, "That's the one motherfucker because, I'm scared of." Because and then the weird thing is like, they have been smoking throughout this season and it was like okay so i guess they got the cigarettes back and then apparently that's an issue well maybe it's on their you know what they care about on on their decision that's what i'm gonna give them because you're right and it makes no fucking sense otherwise but yeah there's a lot of this that don't make no sense but man are, are we getting used to that yet so i mean yeah i mean yes well the only thing that we really got used to that makes no sense about this show is the fucking timeline. I think we just got used to like time is just it's, completely. It's, it's on everybody's side. Like whatever they needed to do, it's going to be. Yes, um, it is. I love that song. You. I don't like the Beatles, but I like that song. Um, Have you ever seen Fallen? Yes, I, I have it on Voodoo. You'd know that if you use my Voodoo account. Um, you should use my voodoo account. Um, I got I got fresh on there too. Um, so Adabisi also uh, has curtains now because the nigga's high society. <laughs> and Saeed doesn't like that. He doesn't like that Adabisi's able to close his curtain so nobody sees him getting topped off by I think that was Junior. I'm not quite sure. I do not understand Quarns' issue with the Muslims. 
Like he is like quite adversarial to the Muslims. They some whiny motherfuckers. They are literally the the flies in his ointment. Yeah, and I just don't understand. There has been nothing that says like why he doesn't why he doesn't like them, why he don't fuck with them, or whatever like that. I mean, I get it. He made he made a deal with the drug dealers, and I guess the the Muslims will be on the other side of the drug dealers. But like his. His interactions with the Muslims, in any of the Muslims, has always been highly, highly contentious. And it's like, they didn't even fucking do nothing to you, dog. Well, I mean, if you really, the way I look at it is like this. Querns is from where Adebisi's from, not where Saeed is from. Yes. When it's all said and done. Uh, so if Querns is... Uh, in the same mindset as Adebisi and Mondo and all them niggas. And he's going to look at the Muslims like, what the fuck do y'all want? And that's pretty much how he talks to Saeed. And mm-hmm. he's like, Saeed, no none, none. Saeed, what I'm going to need you to do is go pray to Allah and shut the fuck up. That's more or less what he tells him to do. So then Saeed goes back and he's like, he goes and he tells Arif, this nigga escalates it up the Muslim ladder. <laughs> and he tells Arif, look, nigga, you want to lead. Go, go lead. Go do, you need to do something about this. You, you need to do something about Querns. That nigga tripping. Go lead, bitch. <laughs> and so Arif goes in there and he's like, why you ain't put me on the panel? Like he went in there all wrong. Like he did. He, 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 you ever? I mean, he's he's not one of those people that's like loud wrong. I I hate loud wrong people. What not hate? But I really dislike loud wrong people. He was just wrong wrong. Like he just went in there with just the complete wrong energy. Like yo, dog. Like you supposed to, you supposed to walk in there like like you the motherfucking boss because at the end of the day you the motherfucking boss of the Muslims. Mm-hmm. And he went in there like a whiny ass broad. Like, well, oh, you... here we go. Hold on, I got it. You're on. I've been trying to get five minutes with you for days. You got them now. Don't waste them by complaining. First off, when you set up this new system, why wasn't I named one of the trustees? You got five minutes. I've been trying to get five minutes with you for days. You got them now. Don't waste them by complaining. First thing out the nigga's mouth, I'm going to complain. Yes, very much so. That is not the way that if I tell you, you know what, I'll talk to you about anything. But if you mention my shoes, the conversation's over. And the first thing you say is, what are those? (laughs) Guess what the conversation is? The Muslim population constitutes 18% of Oz. As the leader, I expect some sort of representation. I know the Muslim population is large, but as a force, you all seem rudderless. <laughs> you wait, Warrens. You'll feel the full force of our power. This nigga literally says, I'm the leader of the Muslims. Quarns looks at him and says, y'all are rudderless. To be rudderless, ladies and gentlemen, just in case you're a kid listening to this show, first of all, why the fuck are you here? Secondly, lead a review. I hope you can spell. Third of all, if you can't spell, it's okay. You can still do five stars. <sighs> to be rudderless means to be going without a sense of direction. 
to have nothing guiding you, namely to not have a leader. <laughs> <laughs> when Arif tells him, I'm the leader of the Muslims, y'all seem rudderless. Oh, nigga, what did you just call me? <laughs> what did you say about my life? Uh, so then, Arif, this whole beginning episode is nothing more than people dunking on Arif over and over again. Because as Arif walks out and tells Quarns that he'll soon feel... <clears throat> the full force of the Muslim's power. He walks out and see he walks out and sees the Supreme Allah's out there snatching up Muslims left and right. <laughs> you will soon understand the power of the dark side. He just took that kufi off. Right. Yeah. Why are you talking to him? Why are you talking to Supreme Allah? The nigga uses his mouth good. I like it. That was pretty much the conversation between Arif and uh, Saeed's ex-right-hand man. He used his mouth good, and I was pulled in. So then Arif runs up on he Supreme Allah. So well. I fell in. I can't help it. He runs up on Supreme Allah because now Supreme Allah also works in the kitchen because, you know, he's one of Adebisi's fellas. And uh, he's like, I know who you are, Kevin Ketchum. You nothing more than a low-life corner boy, and I'm a reef. And, and Supreme Allah is like, yeah, and you ain't nothing but a knockoff Kareem Saeed. And I, you know what? Facts. Yeah. Hey, to quote something that Scar said on Mocha Minutes, the nigga is a great value Kareem Saeed, my nigga. <laughs> Not even. Oh no, he's a, he's a Dollar Tree Kareem Saeed for real, because every time he tries to do something, you know what? No, I think go. great great no. value works because no, Dollar no. Tree here, doesn't here have go. a specific brand. Here we go, Brandon. This one's for you. Arif is to Kareem Saeed as the fake Razor Ramon was the Razor Ramon. <laughs> yes. He's he's the I mean he's or or even better even better he is to Kareem Saeed as the renegade was to the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> he's the he's the white box. You know what I mean? Like you know you know what it is when you get that white box. Oh God, he's the, the white, white box. box. The when great value usually comes in white boxes. Oh and no I, no no like no like colorful packaging and stuff like that. Just the white box with great just, value in blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great value and what the fuck it is. <laughs> I heard I heard you was looking for me. Um, so after Supreme Allah calls him GVKS, <laughs> this nigga goes to Adabisi and is like, yo, this nigga Supreme Allah is playing us both. Adabisi. That's me. We need to talk about this guy, Ketchum. Oh yeah? What about him? He's a danger to us both. Yeah? How so? He's making all these converts. My people, yours. No worry. You should be. Pretty soon they'll be following his orders. Well, me and Supreme, we have an understanding. You can't trust him. What are you suggesting? You should do what you usually do when you face an enemy. You mean kill him? (laughs) (laughs) I thought you Muslims were against murder. Yeah, but it's okay if I kill him for you, eh? <laughs> Arabisi. No. Answer is no. 
You want him dead? Grab a knife. Huh? That honestly is one of the most gangster things I've ever heard out of BC say. Yep. You want him dead? Grab your knife. He read he read that nigga like 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 Reaper He read his ass for filth and then went downstairs and told Supreme I lie everything that the nigga said. <laughs> <laughs> and pointed at him. I know. <laughs> like that nigga right there, he said he wants you go. <laughs> he asked me to kill you for him. Well, well, I, I couldn't believe Adam BC did that. Why not? They're nah. friends. Yeah. And it's are and they it's, friends? Well, no, but he's more of a friend to him than he is to a, to a reef. Like he told a reef in the last episode, our deal is done. Yeah, a reef was a reef was a means to an end. Mm-hmm. The end is here. Fucking Quarns is here. Is that this was, the end? That that transition in the new edition uh, movie was awesome. Right. Too bad they had that weak ass uh, Ronnie singing in the background. Is this the end? Is this the end? I want to know. Is this the end? It's the last time I liked Ralph when he was a kid. Yeah, I said it. I ain't scared of the nigga. I mean, Ralph was Ralph was always great value, little Michael in the first place. Mm -hmm. So then after that. Uh, like we said, McManus uh, goes and talks to uh, Murphy because he walks into work and, you know, Murphy is working the desk. And so opportunities for enlightenment don't come often. Opportunities for peaceful resolution are even rarer. Hey, hey Sean, what are you doing here? The new guy running M-City, Querns? Well... He and I came to a parting of the ways. Oh, yeah? Warden reassigned me to reception, but I'll tell you, I'm not cut out for desk work. My guess, I'll be gone in a week or two. Hey, listen. You know what I said about being mad at you because you didn't quit when I was fired? That's bullshit. Given my behavior at the time, how could I possibly pass judgment on what anyone else did? Tim, you, you sound so enlightened. You find God? Yeah, better. An affordable shrink. Let's have dinner tonight. Okay. But you're buying. <laughs> you just like, you know, the more that I think about it, I was really tripping with that camp town lady. Like the I camp was town lady. Yeah, the think? camp town lady. Yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> I was really tripping though. Let's, so let's, really... let's 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 check to make sure. You know, old Sam loved the tracks. <laughs> I want you to get this on video. Yeah, that's oh. the <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing about that's the thing about it because it was his insistence that it be recorded. So he has recorded evidence of him of him royally screwing up oh my god i'm sure that the shrink was like do you watch that video ever (laughs) yeah so uh then he goes in and he talks to peppa um peppa tells mcmanus about hoyt and keenan fighting um because keenan again is the person who raped um 
Dr. Nathan. He's in unit B because he's white. Um, and Hoyt, uh, as soon as the, the bells ring to let the, the inmates, the, to open the gates to let the inmates out, they start fighting again. And Hoyt calls Keenan a rapist. A few things. I know that I didn't know that I, I know that pedophiles are usually preyed upon and people who prey on the old are usually beat up. I didn't know that people who sexually assault just random regular people are in danger of getting beat up in jail. Um, so unless Hoyt knew that like unless Hoyt had feelings for Dr. Nathan, that fight made no fucking sense. But then but then again, like how how they feel about Dr. Nathan, like Dr. Nathan is the one that's that's responsible for helping them when they get sick or get hurt or anything like that. So they might they might have some sort of reverence for her. Nah, I'm not giving it that one. Nope, not looking that deep. He said you're a fucking rapist and started fighting her. And I don't care if she gave me fucking Theraflu on my, I don't, I don't care if she gave me the fucking matrix of leadership right when Unicron was about to eat my fucking planet. I'm not going to beat somebody up over you. You got the touch. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to beat somebody up over you, period. And for him to do that just seemed out of nowhere, completely out of nowhere. That whole thing was thrown together. So then yes. we'd see Keenan again. Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot of the outside of the larger plot moving elements of this show, everything else seems like it was through together at the last minute. You know, I was thinking that how um really wrestler storyline like the the storylines of Oz are. Like people will get a big run and and again. Brandon, I know that wrestling is, you know, your cup of tea. So let me know if I'm wrong in this, in this, in this comparison. Wrestlers will get a big run where they might make it to the Intercontinental Championship. They might make it to the, the, the heavyweight championship, whatever it may be. But when that run is over, unless there's somebody who was already like Steve Austin or The Rock, where they just rinse and repeat and start going back up to the top again they usually become jobbers. And no, when they, not when they get to that level. Now, if you get to the top, once you get to a certain level, you kind of just stay there forever. It's the lower people that very rarely, like it's not many gender Mahals who got I was gonna, I, And that's exactly what I was thinking about was gender. Yeah. But he's like, <laughs> he's like one of a kind because <laughs> he was terrible. <laughs> he was so bad. For those of y'all who don't know, and I know this is, this is return to Oswald. Gender Mahal was a guy who literally became champion because the WWE had just signed a contract with fucking Qatar. No, India. India. They had just signed a a, pub, a deal to do shows in India and to have the WWE network in India. So the first thing they did was threw the championship belt on a Indian man. Canadian Indian, by the way. He's not even from India. He's Canadian, Indian descent. Yeah. And so a lot of the storylines that are happening here, I feel like they just, once they're done, they're just like, oh, okay, well, let's figure out how to kill him off or her off, or let's just completely ignore them until we need them again later on down the line. Yeah. Qu 
Unicorns got all the rest of the white CEOs moved out of Emerald City. So they all literally find out together, like they're all sitting at the same table in the in the officer's lounge room, I guess. And they just happen to be talking about it right when McManus walks by. McManus is like, I got juice, even though he was just recently begging, you know, Leo for his job back. I got juice. I can get y'all all moved into Unit B. I need muscle over there anyway. So what the fuck happens to all the people <laughs> in Unit B? Like, where do they have to go to? My question is this. Is, like, is M-City, like, the best job in the prison? Like, I mean, it doesn't seem like it would be, but, like, apparently they were really lamenting the fact that they weren't going to be in M-City anymore, and it was just like, there's a whole fucking prison here, dog. I would like, not mind not working in M-City, because, <laughs> honestly, from what we've seen, more murders happen in M-City. <laughs> yeah, I can't they believe they let Adebisi put them sheets over his, his thing. Right, niggas sneak guns in the Emerald City twice. Adabisi <laughs> did, and they know he did twice. I don't want to be there, but let's be honest, nigga. I literally have my, from- my my office literally forces me to have my back turned to one of the most notorious criminals in the entire fucking place at all times. And like, but the guns were brought in by the by the COs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Clay. Yeah, they had they, they brought in Wood Harris for one fucking episode to drop off a gun. Well, we'll see him again, I'm sure. In uh, in 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 Baltimore. Um. So, it it feels like lines are starting to be drawn. You know, racial lines. Uh, plus, Leo signing papers left and right because it seems like he's distracted by the campaign trail. Um, and like we said earlier, McManus snitched to Leo about how all the CO, how all the COs in Emerald City are now black. So Claire got moved into M City to balance things out. As we said about uh, people who get to the IC championship and then become jobbers, Natalie is sick, sick, and Miles is a dick and asks her to hurry up and die, and. Um, Natalie asked Sister Pete to ask Leo if he can move up her execution. Sister Pete, who usually is not, who literally quit her job before because of an execution, it's surprisingly all for this movement of this execution. Yeah, but he refuses to move to the age war. Gloria tells me he hasn't got long to live, but he's tired of fighting the disease, so... Also, Nat has stated clearly that her name is Natalie and she and her. So, you know, this is in 2000s. They're not going to fuck with your pronouns, but still, in this day and age, you get some of my goddamn nurse. He asked me to ask you if it would be possible to move up the execution. Move up the execution? Yeah. No one's ever asked to be executed early. I mean, the court set a specific date. There's no legal precedent to change it. So let's start a precedent. (laughs) You encouraging me to do this, given your position against capital punishment. The man is dying, Leo. I believe in this particular case, ending his life would be a, a blessing. That's euthanasia. I thought your church was against euthanasia. My church is against a lot of things I'm not. Okay. I mean, ain't she against her church? All the lawyers. 
She's trying to get out of her church because her church don't like the sex. Right. Um, but so he calls the lawyer and somehow they agree to move the execution up to like next fucking Tuesday. Um, but before the execution could happen, Natalie dies. Like the day of the execution, she dies in her bed. And that's the end of Natalie. That's the whole story. Once Nat, oh, I'm sorry. They go to into Chucky's, uh, into Chucky's pod where his roommate says, Natalie killed um, Napa. Napa. Killed Napa for you. Don't you feel bad? And Chucky's like, nah, we make the decisions we make. And that's it. All the time that they had, all the time that she had in um, death row, all the time she had after killing Napa led to this absolute moment of nothingness. And I guess, honestly, honestly, I could be mad about this. I could be annoyed by this. But honestly, 99% of us are going to die just boring ass deaths. Yeah. And then like, they basically niggas die every day be exactly her, her whole existence exactly and when you think about it like that i can't i can't be mad about it it just it is what it is she died of aids yeah, uh, right before like, she was going to be executed niggas how, die like you said niggas die every day and how many people how many people in there has actually have actually killed or been associated with someone being killed like they don't view death the same way that we view death mm-hmm that, that, that we civilians view death. It doesn't work the same for them. Also, I just want to remind y'all that there are literally more than a million ways to die and only one is in your sleep. Good luck. That was, that was sad. <laughs> a little morbid. Miguel was seen, but escaped capture. How? I don't know. The nigga did the the Walter Payton move. Juke, juke. (laughs) Yeah, he fucking Heisman the fuck out of somebody and got the fuck out of there. (laughs) The nigga fucking teleported like Scorpion. I don't fucking know. But he ain't armed. He's fucking skinny ass Miguel. But we all know he's still off doing work in other places. Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking of doing work in other places, Mo Bay is now sleeping with tits under his pillow. Um, but he's all out. Uh, he goes to the meeting with everybody and he expects them to tell him where the drugs are coming in at. Like, nigga, you look like a junkie. But Adabisi wants him to bring in five new customers. Uh, he goes to Leo's office and finds out that the DA wants to know who killed Bruno Gergen. Uh, Mo Bay is like, wasn't it an accident? I thought he fell down an elevator shaft and the DA is like, it seems like it was more than that. And it's like, yeah. (laughs) You don't just fall down an elevator shaft. Right? You don't fall down an elevator shaft onto the top of an elevator. That doesn't happen. That how, how, how you wake, how you wake up and fix your face and say, I thought it was an accident. What a straight face. With that accent, I mean, I couldn't carry all those lies at the same time. He just needed to get out of eyes. Hmm. Yep. But he said that he's going to act like he's found new customers. Really, he'll be buying his own drugs. 
Um, and a question, how couldn't Leo and the DA who knows or his, his yeah, the person he, he was talking to, was that wasn't the DA, but Mer the homicide detective. How can't they tell that this nigga's on drugs? He looked ashy as fuck. Yes. And just just sunken face. Ugh. You gotta go. Right? This nigga's so caught up in getting high that when Augustus tells him to stop snorting because he's been doing it since his lights out, the nigga forgot the faking accent. Nigga says, shut up, nigga. <laughs> uh, try and get some sleep. Get some sleep. Like, but see, here's here's my thing. They made it seem like that was such a big fucking deal. But I'm just like, yeah, I guess he forgot his accent in that moment. But he could have just been making fun of him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, but they played it. They played it like it was such a big moment. And it's going to turn into a, a, a big moment between them. But it's, it's like that that, that could have just been me making fun of you. Like, I'm trying to get some sleep. I'm trying to get some sleep. They go yeah, to sleep. Like, right. I don't I don't get I don't get how they turned that one little thing into like this huge fucking deal. Right. It wasn't like he was talking and was like, I'm a cop. <laughs> he really just said, then get some sleep. He didn't he didn't even get mad about it. Me personally, then take your bitch ass to sleep. What happened to your accent? Oh shit. Yeah, he was it was like he was like, get some sleep, and then he had that look on his face like when your child does something and you're and you were watching, like, oh shit. Like, and then and then and then um fuck, I can't remember nobody's name. His cellmate. Augustus. Augustus. Augustus was like, What? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not that fucking serious, dog. He could have just been making fun of you. Mm -hmm. Mo Bay, give it a rest, man. You've been shoving that shit up your nose since the lights out. Wanna get some sleep? <coughs> so sleep. Two words. So sleep. That's it. That's all it took for shit to fall apart. That's it. I mean, this has been falling apart this whole time. Well, and yeah, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. From, but from the moment, from the moment. He from the moment he started having conversations with Augustus, Augustus had been figuring this shit out this whole time. Well, from then the moment saw Augustus his, saw him with the uh... with with the with the cop that was there when he got arrested, mm -hmm. like all of this other stuff. Like, but from the moment he was like when he came to him and he immediately was like, "Yo, where I get some drugs from? Who do I talk to?" and all this kind of stuff. He was just like, "Man, if you don't get the fuck away from me with this shit." Well, one thing that I really did like was when he came in and talked to Sister Pete and was like, I'm an addict. Like that was a mm -hmm. I thought that was a well acted scene. Um, mm -hmm. just to see the look of defeat on his face. Like I thought I could do anything, but and to talk about the pressures that were hitting him, like if I fuck this up, I'm going back to uh busting bums on the subway. Um Today's my son's birthday and my wife is out there and they didn't know how long I was gonna be gone, but I got a problem. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fucking addict. Sister Peter Marie, um, I'm glad the warden told you I really am. Um, I need to talk and I need this to be confidential. Of course. Oz is my first big undercover assignment. 
A lot of the guys I work with in narcotics didn't think I could handle the job, but I knew I could. I thought I could. I left my wife and son. Um, told them I'd be gone. I don't know how many months. Abby, uh, that's my wife. Um, she's worried, naturally, that I'll be found out, that I'll be killed. Today's Robbie's birthday. Oh. I thought I was close to busting the drug ring, but I'm not. Only I've got to. I blow this, my career is over. I, I'm back to riding the subways, roasting bums, so I gotta stay. I gotta see this through. But. Sister. I'm an addict. It's time to go, buddy. It's time to go because, like, you've already been told that the last, the, well, the last two cops. Last two. The last two cops that we know have been killed. One by you, but the other one has been killed. Like, if you if you don't think you can do this, have them pull you the fuck out. Like, I'm sorry, it's not, it's not, I understand that you think that your career might be over, but I'd rather have a shitty career than to not have my life. This shit is quickly turning into, um, <clears throat> sorry, fear of black hat when the niggas were like, we had another manager. <laughs> like, <laughs> the managers just kept getting murdered in fear of a black hat. <laughs> and what's a cap in his white ass? <laughs> So the the fucking the undercovers, you can't come here for your own safety. Do you not know what happened to the last two undercovers? They didn't work well. And as soon as they were like, yo, you need to snort four fucking lines of heroin in front of us. Five. Five fucking lines of heroin in front of us. Check me in right now. I'm going home. I'm going to act like I'm having a seizure, act like I'm going to the hospital, and I just, I need to go. Yeah. Tell these motherfuckers I OD. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it. It's it's not it's not worth, you're, having a shitty career is not worth your life. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You can, you can go be a fucking cop somewhere else. You can leave New York, New Jersey, wherever the fuck this is, and you can go somewhere else and be a cop. I mean, that's what all of the other disgraced cops do. They just go to another area. But they're also mm-hmm. white. Yeah, I mean, but still, like, you know, there's always Chicago. But um, And I mean, for some reason, he sounds like his, his, his chief, his, his, his sergeant, whatever. Like, they really just have it in for him. Yeah, and they never go on the backstory about why everybody wants him to fucking fail so badly. And I'm, I'm personally, that's one of the things that really struck me when I heard this this monologue. Is this because I've done this before, and I'm so happy that I stopped doing it recently. Is them this him self sabotaging himself? If I fail everybody's going to hate me. Everybody's going to make fun of me. Everybody's going to say, I knew he was going to fail. They're waiting for me to fail. And nobody's really waiting for him to fail because his partner came in there and was like, we need to get you out. 
Yeah, get out of here. We're, we're sergeants waiting for word from you. You ain't been emailing or nothing. We need to get you out of here. It's not safe. People are literally worried about him, and he's like, they're just waiting for me to fuck up. I just realized that. Mm-hmm. Return to Oswald. We'll be back after this brief break. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasts with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you can get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-o-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. When I was a child, I thought as a child, and as a child, I thought some really horrible movies were really good. But then I grew up. Hindsight is a podcast where my friend Brandon and I go back and look at movies that we thought were dope when we were kids or young adults. Some of them are just as good as we remember them, but other ones, shush. I mean, really, if you as a grown adult are not terrified by Junior from Problem Child, shush. And if you as an adult don't think Claude from Life is the real villain of the movie. I don't know what to tell you. We talk about stuff like that. We also talk about things like how Steve Latimer from the program is the worst person in the world. How Belly was a great music video, but a horrible movie. And why Kevin from Home Alone was absolutely a horrible kid. Now, Brandon doesn't believe in half the stuff that I'm saying, so we usually end up arguing about it, which makes this show excellent. And we have a great time doing it. It's funny, it's insightful, and we get some really great folks on to talk to us about it. So check it out. If you ever wondered what your favorite movies as a child would look like as an adult, check us out. Chances are we've already seen it, and it ain't pretty. We're available on Linktree backslash... HSMR, or you could just type us into your favorite podcatcher. We'll be there. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you later. Peace. You do what you have to do to play. What's going on, everyone? This is your girl, Julene, host of It Goes Down in the PM. We talk about everything from work, motherhood, local celebrities to comic books. Tune in every Friday at 1 o'clock to find out what really goes down in the PM. Hey, do you have a podcast or maybe you're just thinking about starting a podcast? Well, I am Chris from Podtastic Audio, and here I show you tips and tricks on how to make your audio sound the best it possibly can with the gear you already have. With two years of experience on the Chris and Christine show creating the finest audio I possibly can make, I will show you the tips and tricks I have used on that show to make the audio sound fantastic. So if you have any podcast-related questions to your audio, you always can email me at podtasticaudio at gmail.com like this guy here did. His name is Joe. Joe writes in from the cast. Hey Chris, when we all sit down together to record our episode, our audio is too low and it has a lot of echo in the recording. How do we make our show sound better? 
Well, Joe, is the microphone you're using rhyme with the name Betty? And is that microphone in the same room with you? I'd start with that stuff first. And for more podtastic audio information, you can go to anchor.fm slash podtastic audio. And you keep on making your amazing podcast. Shh. We're not supposed to talk about that. Do not even let those words come out of your mouth. We're not supposed to talk about that. Do not go there. Don't say anything about it. Hush now. Naughty. We just don't need to talk about this right now. Be quiet. Shh. We're not supposed to talk about that. That's really taboo. Don't talk about it. You shouldn't talk about that. Don't talk about that. You aren't supposed to talk about that. We can't talk about that in this house. You shouldn't talk about that. Can we talk about this? We are going to talk about this. Welcome to Taboos, a podcast that discusses taboo culture. We're your hosts, Celeste and Allie. Join us in the exploration of all things society deems as stigmas, controversial, hush-hush, fringe factor, or eyebrow-raising. From pole dancing to politics and everything in between, grab a drink and discuss with us. And as always, do you be taboos. So uh, the next thing that happens is that Beecher still wants to kill Keller for allegedly killing Gary. And that didn't last long because Father Ray comes in and tells him that they found Holly, his daughter. I don't know how fucking hard it would be uh, to find her because she was literally dropped off at her grandmother's house. Uh, and also, while Hank, Hank is literally the dumbest fucking kidnapper. Yes. The dump. How, why the fuck would you walk to the front door and drop this child off and think you weren't going to get hemmed up? Drop the kid off at the end of the block and say, "Walk to your grandma's house." Like you know what I mean? At the very least, my or- my dad said not to kill you. He didn't say get you to your granny's house. Well, he said drop you off at your granny's house. Why the fuck do I care? Hey, I'm gonna drop you off the Chuck E. Cheese. Right. I'm, you, I'm, you I'm not people, taking you home. I'm going to drop you off at the school. You know people are looking for this child. You can drop that child off anywhere. That child can give you her name and they will figure this shit out. Right? But instead, oh, no, I got to walk you to the door and then I got to sit in my car to make sure they <laughs> open the door. <laughs> oh, I'm going to... I'm gonna tuck mine's in as nigga. Like, what is you doing? Like, that is the dumbest decision you could possibly make in this situation. I'm gonna tuck mine's in. I mean, it's one of those things where this nigga literally, when they opened up the front door, he probably gave the head nod <laughs> before he tried to drive off. And then the fans came out of nowhere and picked him up. He's the dumbest. But Keller or Beecher's like, oh my God. I tried to kill Keller. So, Which was dumb in itself. Yes, it was. For him to go zero to I'm going to kill this nigga is Real like, quick. 
is like the dumb and like mm-hmm. even if even if Keller did the 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 murders of the gay men that they were that they were explaining to him and stuff like that, it, it, there's nothing that says that he would kill a child mm-hmm. or he would be responsible for someone else killing a child on his behalf. There is absolutely nothing in what they told him that would say that. But then again, he's been getting this information by people who fuck with your enemy. You know what I mean? And that's why you don't fuck with people who fuck with your enemy. But he didn't didn't know that um, that Buster Yeah, I know he didn't know. I I know, I know, I know. I mean, the FBI FBI dude was just not listening. Like, you know what I mean? He was just like, nah, it can't be him. Like, you know, I mean, he was he was trying to say, like, it, it can't possibly be Keller, but like Buster Poindexter, but like that dude, like there was no reason to trust any word of his. Mm-hmm. He looks like he lies. I'm yeah. sorry. He has a face of somebody I would just punch. Stephen King, just stay I just want to know me. how Schillinger, like, what proof do you need? How the hell would Hank Schillinger even know to do this shit without talking to his daddy? Right? Right. Oh, I didn't know my son was going to do that because, you know, my son is out there and I'm in here. I mean, I wish to God I had. That's, you know, that's Schillinger's thing. They got the logs. So Hank never visited that nigga. And then he started visiting him. And then within days of visiting him, Beecher's kids get kidnapped. Right. He had no contact with his dad for so long. And all of a sudden things started happening to his dad's enemy in his family. I mean, I, I didn't kill her. I wish to God I had, but you know. And we, we never got clarification on whether, uh, well, and I'm guessing that, that Schillinger was lying when he said that he had his sons kill, kill the wife, because if his sons actually killed Beecher's wife, then he didn't, he would know these people. Mm-hmm. So it's just all like it doesn't make any sense. And for for him, I understand that he was in grief and all this kind of stuff. But going zero to one hundred on trying to kill Keller instead of just talking to him about like, oh, are you you know like the the FBI told me some stuff. I just wanted to know face to face, man to man, lover to lover, are you capable of something like this? That's all he had to say. All he had to do was just say, bruh, are you capable of something like this? Instead of trying to kill him first and then saying, I think you're capable of this. You didn't even ask. You you made no attempt to even ask him if he's capable of what's happened of, of what happened to your children. Because mm-hmm. but that's but in his defense, that is because what he thought Keller was fully incapable of doing, Keller did it to him before. So at this point in time, it's like, you know what? I'm not putting anything past you. Now he took it way too far, way too quick. Definitely. But this, but even after all of this, this dude, this dude got stabbed up for you. He got, he got shot for you. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. so let me ask you a question. And then, and then he would and then he would fuck with your kids after being stabbed up and shot for you? So let me ask you a question. Me and you were cool. Like brothers. 
I tell you I love you. You say you hate that you love me. Eventually, we get extremely close, like close as, as true family. And that's when I fuck you over in a way that you never saw coming and you can never understand. Then after I fuck you over to the point where you are literally broken, I come back and I say, I'm sorry that this happened. And I start doing things to try and worm my way back into your life after you know how manipulative and how bad of a person I actually am. And when you finally start to let me back in, something horrible gets sent in the mail to you. And then somebody tells you on the aside, hey, that guy who fucked you over before, he could be fucking you over again. I mean, even if, even if, and I know how my mind works, even if Buster hadn't told him, you know, Keller's the one who did this. I would still think if it's not Schillinger, I wonder if it's Keller. I would. Here's the thing: I would have never thought it was anybody but Schillinger, because I don't think nothing about we saw with Keller led us to believe would lead me to believe that he's capable of this. Like this is a next level shit. Yeah, we know he, that but Schillinger they, but they killed have his. Built, but they have built this into it by again talking about how he was killing the gay men. Yeah, but I mean, that's but, not kids. But we yeah, know that Schillinger is capable of killing his own son. Yeah, at this point, right, <laughs> right. So, like the the idea, the idea that it even went this way without him, you know, like my my issue is he went to kill him first instead of having the conversation, like, "Bruh, are you capable of this?" Like, you know what I mean? At the very least, before you decide to just kill a dude off rip, at least have the conversation, like, "Yo, the, they just told me some real fucked up shit." about you and they're making they 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 want me to believe that this is you. Nope. I don't I personally don't believe that this is you, but I need to know man to man, lover to lover, are is you capable you? of this? Are you capable of this? Not even like is this you? Are you capable of this? That's all I need to know from you. If you are capable of this, then I need to separate myself from you or I'm going to fucking kill you. But I need to know this and I need you to look me in the eye. And, you know, at this point, I could probably tell when you're lying. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like that. And, and then and then like his whole his whole makeup, his whole trying to make up after the fact is just like, yo, bro, you I mean, no matter how you fucking feel about this dude, you tried to kill him and you branded him. As someone that was capable of doing something like what happened to your children, dog, like they ain't no ain't no quick fix to this. Mm -hmm. Like, ain't no there's there's not enough I'm sorry's in the world for that. Fuck you, guys. Exactly. I feel you. So I, I didn't, I did, I don't, I don't love this storyline. This storyline has so many holes. Yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? It has so many holes from, from the, from the, the, the Schillinger side, both Hank, 
and his father like that that has so many holes like the idea that that all right i guess i'm just gonna take this person to the front door knowing that the knowing that the police and the fbi or whoever is probably looking for this child i'm just gonna take her to the front fucking door makes zero sense at all and then like you know what makes zero 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 sense Mm -hmm. is schillinger who doesn't give a fuck about anything except getting revenge on beecher having that change of heart because he tossed the father right. Knowing that that's going to get his son locked up because he's the one who told his son to walk her to the door. Take no, her he to said, her grandmother. Take her to her grandparents' house. Yeah, he's, he, he said deliver the package to the grandparents' house. Alive. Yeah, he did that. Knowing what was going to happen next. Okay. And how could nobody listening nobody listening to these calls can track that back like i get it like he didn't say specifically take the take the beecher kid back to the beecher parents beecher's parents residence but he said deliver the package to the grandparents house alive (laughs) you know i know (laughs) It makes none of this makes any sense. I don't. I think I'm done with this fucking storyline, bro. Like the whole thing, and then like when we just talked about on the Beecher side of it, like going from zero to one hundred and trying to kill Keller instead of even not even speaking to him about this. I get it. You got information from the FBI agent. You got if, 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 uh, information from Buster Poindexter. But at the end of the day, that is your lover. And you couldn't even you couldn't even give him the the benefit of the doubt enough to just have some sort of conversation. You could have killed him later if this if you didn't believe his answer. Mm-hmm. But you owed him at the very least to have some sort of conversation. Yeah. Ain't nothing else to say, I guess. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> so Keller moves out of a Beecher's pod and Mondo moves in. And this gets fucking stupid real quick. Mondo asks Keller for permission to fuck Beecher. And Keller says yes. Why does he need permission? I have no clue. Because everybody knows they were together. But here's the other thing. He then burned himself as penance because he knew he didn't really want Beecher fucking with Mondo. Then he went and confessed to uh, Father Ray. I was remembering what hell felt like. Bless me, Father, for I've sinned. In the past year or so, I've committed numerous homosexual acts. Do you want me to elaborate? No. Before coming to Oz, I had sex with several men. And then I whacked them. What? After sex, I murdered them. Why? I didn't want them to tell. I didn't want them to speak my name. You have to go to the authorities and confess. What? You 
you can't absolve me? I can absolve you, but the only way to show God that you're truly sorry is to go to the police. Look. I'm truly sorry, okay? So just fucking absolve me. No. No. Goddamn you. Goddamn you, the fucking hell you goddamn heck in black. What the fuck this, did he think was gonna happen? This this whole scene was like we 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 can't have people liking Keller. So we have to have, have him admit to the things that the FBI agent talked about because we can't we can't have Keller be sympathetic. Nigga, why? Why not? Because in this instance, he was completely innocent of what he was being blamed for. And I get it. Like, you know, the FBI thinks that he did these murders, but there was no reason for him to admit this shit. Like no mm -hmm. reason, none. They they just had him admit this shit just so we can look at him as a bad guy again. That is it. That is all. I don't think. I don't think we're supposed to look at him as a bad guy, for it. I think he thought that him confessing to this, to Father Ray, was going to give him more punishment, like the hell marys or whatever it is. Catholic folks have to do when the father says you fucked up. Do this to be saved. He didn't expect Ray to be like, motherfucker, you need to turn yourself in. And that's why he was like, no, you need to give me my penance. Because the burning was one part. That probably wasn't enough. I need to do something. So I'm going to go and confess this. I, 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 you're right, though. I don't understand why the fuck he would confess that shit. That sounds like some shit that GDEP did. Right. Nigga, you got away with it. You better keep your fucking mouth shut. Exactly. That don't never make no sense to me. Why the fuck would you turn yourself in? Brandon, if I got away with a crime, you know what happens next? You keep going? No, you don't know what happens next. I'm never going to tell you I got away with a crime. <laughs> exactly. You want to know what happens next? I get away with a crime. Want to know what happens next? Not a goddamn thing. Because I ain't saying nothing to you. you Sometimes he had, to, he had to get it out. He wanted to get it out. He should have talked to Beecher. Yeah. So Nisha has told me some things that I will never say on wax. <laughs> Let's just say that I personally know that if I'm driving down a dark road and I hit somebody on one of those long stretches of the highway and there's nobody around me and the lights are out and all that kind of stuff, and I hit somebody walking down the middle of the street, like I know what you did last summer type shit, I'm going to go home too. <laughs> <laughs> did you just did you just implicate your wife into Nah nah I didn't say Nisha <laughs> <laughs> I'm after redact shit aren't I? <laughs> right, you, you might you might want to. You just implicated her in a, a possible murder, vehicular manslaughter. Well, you being quiet so you know where to cut? <laughs> <laughs>
Yep. <laughs> she gonna get a call from her mom. <laughs> yeah, so he should have went and talked to Beecher. That's that's what should have happened in that situation. But instead, he doesn't, and so. So, um, neither, so neither of them, according to the way that this was written, neither of them thought to just talk to the other person. Exactly, because they're more alike than they know. Yes. And I think that that's in the roundabout way is what they're trying to say. But it it's not said well. Another thing that I'm already fucking sick of, oh, and uh, Mondo and Beecher kiss while Keller's watching them and then they go to bed. Uh, the other story that I'm already fucking sick of is Rebido wants to kill somebody and he asks Morales for protection after he kills him. I mean, it's obvious from the very beginning of this, right, that he's going to try and kill them all. Yeah. It just, it, I mean, who, who else do you have access to? The last person that you killed was your cellmate. So who else are you going to try to kill? Likely your cellmate. And what kind of protection could Morales offer? I mean, he does got it in with the with the with the leader of them. Nigga, they, what is he? He they they ran in on him trying to stab the the mole because the nigga missed and hit him in his arm. How what happened Morales to Reaper though? He killed somebody. He got the taste for it. He got the taste for blood. But he didn't get the taste for blood like fifty fucking years prior. He got the need full speed. Yeah, so does uh. <laughs> So does Mobe. But I mean, honestly, he killed somebody to get there in the first place. If you had the taste for blood, you would have gotten it back then, right? Or at some point in between those times. Yeah. Did you talk to God about this? I don't think God's speaking to him no more. I wouldn't speak to him. Nigga, I told you. I told you. I don't think God ever spoke to him, let's be honest. I think he's, I think in in Oz, he is considered as insignificant. So people say things around him. And then he passed it on. It's God told me this. Yes. It's, I like, think a, it's like a little birdie told me sort of shit. Right. Mm. Like, I think that's what, I, th I honestly think that that's what it is. I don't think God ever spoke to him. I just th think that, you know, he's not someone that anybody really notices. He's kind of under the radar. So like he could be near somewhere where somebody is talking and they're not going to pay no attention to him. They don't expect him to do anything. I could see that. I mean, I could literally, that definitely makes sense. Um, also, this motherfucker has a weird ass dream sequence where he pulls out an Uzi and shoots everybody in the lunch line. <laughs> yeah, really weird. Really that was weird. so weird. It's so random. It was just the most random shit ever. Like this was literally like, yeah, this was on the level of Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors, weapons just pop up out of nowhere type shit moment, mm -hmm. where he just shoots everybody in the line, and then he talks to he talks to uh, Boost Mollus, and he's like, "Hey, do you want my pie?" And starts nodding his head real weird and shit. Like, yeah. 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 Yo, why didn't he get, why didn't he, instead of the gun that he had, why didn't he just get a Tommy gun? That would have made so much more sense. Instead of that little ass Uzi. 
That's the gun of his era. Like, right. give, give a fucking Tommy gun. He ain't that old. We found out Boost Miles is only 50. Yeah, that bitch does not look 50. So, anyways, now Rebido's in the hole. And while he's in the hole, he continues to do sit-ups. Like Ryan, ready. Ryan makes a phone call to Eddie uh, on the cell phone. He used to call me on the cell phone to, to make sure that it'll be done no later than next week. We don't know what that is, but we know Stanislaus tells Quarns about the cell phone because we're still doing this storyline, but Ryan hit it. And so Nikolai tells his girlfriend to dial the cell phone's number at 5 p.m. And I couldn't remember. Could you mute a phone back in 2000? I think you could you could you could mute it. It wouldn't um the, those phones back then they, they I don't think they vibrated, but you could have turned the fucking ringer off. Right? Why would you have I the mean, ringer on while you got it taped underneath the fucking chair outside of your pod? Like not even near your pod. And and like yo, dog, um you would think that like the turn the ringer off or turn the phone off because you know somebody might call the phone by accident. Mm-hmm. I want to know how he taped it under the chair without anybody seeing him. Exactly. And how he got it back out from underneath the chair without anybody seeing him. And where the fuck did he get taped from? The, the what you call it? Uh, well, I don't know where the tape came from, but we've seen that sometimes he gets special pri- privileges to leave while everyone else is in the cafeteria to go back to M-City. I'm guessing that this is one of those situations. I'm you guessing put that it in the drop ceiling. Right. I'm guessing there's better places to hide it than underneath the chair that you can't even monitor at all times. Yep. That was fucking stupid. What if there was some sort of fight and that chair gets turned upside down and then someone sees it? Right? That was dumb. Like, the wrap-up of that whole thing was just stupid. Why did it have to be 5 o'clock, too? Because that was during the count, I guess. Yeah, because it was specifically during that time where there would be seals swirling the area for the count that chair was so fucking out in the open yep like and that was a random ass place for a chair to be at too i don't know like i've never seen that that. all the times that they've gone up those stairs so that was right in front of adabisi's pod right that was where the dude literally got shot in the head right in front of Adabisi's pod where we saw the blood all over the window, right? You know, we never saw all those times we watched Adabisi and Peter look back and forth at each other while they danced in their pods. You know, we never saw was that goddamn table in that chair. But, if you're gonna set, if but, you're gonna set a precedent, set a, they could not move. But, they would not let Ryan move a chair and a table up fucking stairs. No, but we have seen that table and chairs upstairs ever since they came back to M city. Almost every time someone walks out of that, someone walks out of that pod. They, someone is usually sitting right there to the We've side, seen to the side. Yes. Near, to the, to the full side of Adabisi's pod is where all of the Muslims were talking about Adabisi about revolution and all that kind of shit. Yes. I'll give you that. There's like a couch over there. That made no fucking sense either. But, no, but that's, that was the area where they were, were kind of was kind of under the stairs downstairs to the back. But like every time, almost every time we see Adabisi or at the time Kenny walk out of that room, there was always someone sitting right there. Soon as they walked out, there was always someone sitting right there. Ever since they came back to M City after, you hmm. know, th- there was always someone sitting right there. I have to take a look. Yeah. But- 
it happened. It happened quite often. Every time you saw someone go in or in or out of that room. But um, because that's where Poe used to sit. But that chair was hella out in the open. And why the fuck would you stand? Nikolai should have kept the phone. He took better care of it. Yep. I didn't like this storyline because I don't believe Ryan O'Reilly would be that reckless. Right? Yeah. That wasn't within his character of everything that they talked to us about. And this is before anything happened with Dr. Nathan where he where Cyril won't wake up. This is before that happened. So this should have been him at his most calculating. Nikolai hid the phone where Ryan could literally never, ever, ever find it. And yep. you hide it underneath the chair? What is this, an Easter egg hunt? <laughs> seems like it. So, anyway. It seems, um, like, it seems like poor writing to me. Me too. So... This whole episode is, is, is like, it's enjoyable until you think about it. Yeah, like, that's the problem. Please don't think. Please don't think about any of this shit. The more you think about it, the more none of it makes sense. And that's the problem because we're thinking about it. And so the next thing that happens is that Cyril won't wake up because he's OD'd on Haldol. Ha- Haldol, almost at Hodor. <laughs> uh, Ryan thinks that this is Doctor Nathan's fault. He's like, she's doing this because. Uh, I forget the reasons he said for why she why she's doing this to him, but he believed it, and it was a heartfelt moment. But she wasn't really doing it to him because of that. Um, Riley, on. what? Any news on your brother? No. You know the, the, the fucking hacks. They tell me to wait here, and, and I'm fucking waiting here, and and there's nothing. What's going on in there? I'm sure you'll be fine. You know. She did this, this fucking Dr. Nathan. She gives him too much of the drugs on purpose. It's her way of trying to get back at me. I don't think she's capable of something like that. Hey, Gloria fucking hates me. Wake up. I mean, she thinks I hired Keenan to rape her. Now she's got my brother back there in her clutches, and there's not a fucking thing I can do about it. I fucking hate this place. Fuck! Zero! Also, you know what we find out? Is that the medical ward is literally two steps outside of M-City. (laughs) <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we have a good uh, idea of the layout of that place at all. Mm-mm. Like, oh, okay. Um, so when the riot happened, the the medical war was right there. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 So when they, um, this is just me thinking out loud, walk with me for a second. So when Dobbins was being led out of the riot by uh, Jackson Bayhew. That's me. Fucking role model. And had to go down the line of people getting his ass whooped. <laughs> and it was a fucking hallway. Like it, it was wasn't a, even that area. It was just a, a hallway. It looked like almost right. solitary. And yep. in all this time, the fucking medical war was literally out the gate and to the left. Right. They let him walk down the hall, get his ass whooping a soul train line of fucking nightsticks just for him to go in the wrong direction to take someone who needed <laughs> medical help. They whooped his ass all the way down and all the way back. They whooped his ass to the end. It was like, oh, no, it's over there. Your princess is in another castle and whooped his ass all the way back. Seriously. And he never came back. 
never because he probably succumbed from getting his ass whooped twice. He will. Thanks, Scar. So that's not a that sounds like a spoiler. Yeah, that's not a spoiler. No, we didn't, saying, we didn't see him Scar. dead. No, I'm we'll saying see thanks, we'll, Scar. We'll see him again. Yeah, thanks, Scar. So uh Sister Pete, I don't know how she found this out, but she tells Dr. Nathan that the assault on her wasn't orchestrated by no, she talked to O'Reilly last episode, remember? Yeah, and she, he was like, if she, that's what she wants to hear, that's what I'll tell her. Yeah, but she yeah. said she said that from the very beginning when he said it in that session that he that he was behind this she said i don't think he did it she said it in the moment like in the moment she's just like i don't think he was responsible for this part so then we have a uh section where once again keenan's in the gym where there's no cameras and Ryan is sitting there with him. And Keenan, even though he um, knows Ryan from the block and knows what he's capable of, uh, doesn't know about Ryan and Dr. Nathan because obviously nobody's told him about all the wild-ass shit that Ryan has done to get Dr. Nathan's attention, which is absolutely incredible because they talk about literally every fucking thing else in this fucking facility. <laughs> and then, and then he, pulls, he pulls a vampire in Brooklyn. Like, yeah, you did. You beast fucked her. I'm like, what the <laughs> <laughs> like are you fucking kidding me like like where did you think this conversation was going to go like and so ryan takes this time out to tell uh keenan how he sets people up to be murdered and i don't know maybe it's just me but if a guy is telling me how he gets people killed I don't I'm think I want to hear it in a private place. And I'm and I'm not going to turn my back to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, he did say I don't kill people. That's true. He said he did say I don't kill people. I get people set up to kill people. I, I, don't, I don't care if we talking about killing people. Period. I'm I'm not turning my I'm not turning my back to you for the only two people in the gym. Matter of fact, I'm going on to the basketball court. You stay here and lift weights. Yeah. Exactly. So, you say you want to work for me? Putting on weight gloves and shit. Definitely. I do things different here in Oz and the way we worked on the street. For instance, when I want someone dead, I never grease them myself. I always, I always talk someone else into doing the deed for me. I make them believe the person I want dead is their enemy. That way the kill can't be traced back to me. That's so cool. You got what, seven years till parole? Uh-huh. You think you'll go the distance? Sure, I get out. Yeah, that's good. <sighs> you keep believing that, Patrick. You know how I said that I always get someone to kill for me? <sighs> yeah. Well, uh, in your case, I'm gonna make an exception. If, I'm sorry, but there isn't any space that was a lot of space between him saying, in your case, right. bitch, what you mean my case? Turn around. Your head whipped around immediately. Uh, you got to understand. He had about 225 up in the air. So either he's going to react and that's just going to drop on his neck. Like, it's not much you can do when you're in that position like this. Mm, that's true. It was only a second. 
before he said in your case and he did it. It was about, it was about two seconds. So you no, were going to have to... No, no, no. He said, in your case... I'm going to make an exception. Like he had all of that to say, but the moment you say in your case, there, there's some, there's some situations that need to be remedied at this point. And I need to, I need to face you at that point. I don't give a fuck if I got 225 in the air, I'm throwing that shit or I'm dropping it and moving the fuck out of the way. I'm not, a, I'm, I'm, I have to put my eyes on you at that point. And he should not have had enough time to say, I'll make an, an, an exception without me seeing what was coming. Mm-hmm. I don't like I I don't trust I don't trust regular people. Like I damn sure ain't trusting nobody in fucking prison. And I'm not trusting somebody I know for a fact is a goddamn snake. Yes. And who just told me how he's a snake? Mm-hmm. Why you tell me how you kill people? I didn't ask you to do that. I just wanted to run drugs. You being awful chatty. Why you? T- no, why? Now he dead. And so, Doctor Nathan. Well, so a reef witnesses the fucking murder. We'll yep. see where that runs to. Um, maybe he'll go tell um, Warden Glenn that uh, there was a murder in Oz. So, um, maybe he try to use it to get in good with Quarns, like because like someone brought violence. Mm. Yeah, that'll just get another white person thrown out of uh, Emerald City. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dr. Nathan, he snatches uh, Keenan's, he sets himself up to be arrested. He snatches Keenan's chain off his neck and mails it to Dr. Nathan and wrote all for you in a note to her in his fucking handwriting. <laughs> Uh, he had he had Cyril write it. <laughs> Shut up. So Dr. Nathan leaves Oz. Uh, she confesses that she came back too soon, um, and she throws the chain away. But then she picked it up out the trash, and she walks out of her office, and she smooths Cyril's hair as she leaves. And we close out with a full-on shot of Ryan's dick. Mm-hmm. Who won it's the just... episode, Brandon? O'Reilly. Yeah, right. He got rid of the person that hurt the person he claims to love. And the person he claims to love, at the very least, seems to acknowledge that he didn't set her up. Is receptive to the gesture. And he took care of the person who made the worst day of her life. So he won. At least he won this round. I got Supreme Allah. Supreme oh, Allah I ain't do shit yet. I, I completely fucking forgot about that. And uh, like, because no, no, Supreme Allah's doing shit. <laughs> that was at the beginning of the episode. I completely forgot about that shit. They completely dropped Supreme Allah for this. But I Supreme Allah doing shit. Supreme Allah stealing Muslims. Like. I, I look. I know Supreme Allah's full story in Oz, and I ain't never gonna pick him for nothing. He has been. He has been terrible. He is terrible, but the nigga literally is just picking off Muslims one by mm-hmm. one. And anytime, I know it was a reef he was going up against. I know that. But a reef was literally powerless. And he made Supreme Allah look like fucking Braun Strowman in their uh, 
confrontations. So I'm giving it to Supreme because Ryan got seen. Yes. Supreme Allah literally walked away clean. He ain't done shit. That's why. That's fair. So. Uh, I'm, I'm rolling with Ryan. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. I don't mind if y'all roll with Ryan. Y'all can roll with Ryan. I'm going to roll my own way. I'm on man, nigga. I'm on man. I can stand on my own two feet. I do this shit. I live this life. I've grown up in these streets. <laughs> and you didn't get caught. Fuck you, guys! You know what? I literally forgot what the soundbite was from the last episode, which is good, because if I heard it again, I'd probably go find that shit. Um, so we did get a review. Uh, five stars from ODPH. Great podcast to compliment one of the most legendary shows from HBO. The conversation's always insightful. Definitely check this out. Hashtag ODPH. As we go further and further into this, I got to ask y'all, is this shit legendary? Yes. I love this it, show. It was, it was legendary for the, it was legendary for its time. Yes. But Okay, what's the difference, and 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 maybe there is no difference between legendary and iconic. Um, hmm, that's a good question. I don't. Know I mean, I I don't I don't the the more that as we stand with the chisel of time and chip away at this show. We have found flaws, big flaws, in nearly every episode. But I'm pretty sure you can probably you can probably pick apart a lot of stuff 20 years later. Yes, no, that's what I'm saying. The chisel of time. Right. Is it legendary? I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty you sure. You can't pick apart you you can't pick apart the wire like that. Nigga. Can't no, I? no, you can't. Say you another think, thing, think, and I will literally make the wire one of the shows we have to watch. I'm and I'm not watching it. I refuse. <laughs> I ain't got HBO, <laughs> and I'm not buying this shit. <laughs> you already you already reneged on my on on my orphan black being the next show. I mean, Jerry. I mean, we might. I still haven't finished watching this, so it might happen. No, because you said that we were doing the Sopranos next. For some reason, all of a sudden, the Sopranos is the next show. Ugh. Was I drunk? Anyhow. That's what you had said. Brandon, was that the one that you chose? No. No, where the Sopranos even came from. We're not going to, we ain't going to get into this right now, Scar. Okay. So, um, anyhow, Scar, got anything coming up? You still doing Summertime 25? Summertime 25. Still doing it. About that life, um, I'm full time dad now, so like it's really, uh, so <laughs> my days are different, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I think everything is just good. Doing summertime twenty five on the website link should be in the episode description. Yep, and Brandon and I just put out Django Unchained for Juneteenth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. It's greatness. Um, it was a good episode. And um, other than that, the world keeps spinning. 
Thank y'all so much for listening. Uh, you can email us at return to Oswald at gmail.com. Uh, you can leave a voicemail at 916-633-1537. Um, Scar is on Twitter at Scarfinger. Brandon is on Twitter at that cool Blick nerd. That's B-O-K. I'm on Twitter at Rashani, and the show is on Twitter at Return to Oswald. Uh, and you can leave a review on Podchaser, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to the show at. Uh, the cool thing about doing a review on Podchaser, though, is that you can leave a review for separate episodes, uh, as well as the show as a whole. Yeah, I think that about wraps it up. Thank y'all so much for listening. We greatly do appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to holler at you later. Peace. Peace out. Simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.